Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. Hi, I'm, uh, my name is Krzysztof Zebski. I'm uh, a lawyer and a policy person connected with the uh, Stefan Batory Foundation and Open Spending EU Coalition, also the Marching Cruel uh, Fellow. And uh, I do recommend you to listen to this podcast and to read my article on the rule of law reform on how Poland's government succeeds at achieving nothing. Welcome back to all our Visegrad Inside listeners. My name is Malek Banat and I'm here as always with Wojciech Przybilski. This week has been no less eventful than others from important developments on the EU enlargement agenda, including the European Commission's recommendation to grant Bosnia EU candidate status, to of course less pleasant developments such as the awful attack on LGBT in Slovakia, and we also have seen the continuing dynamics of protests in Iran and the protests as well here in Central Europe. Um, the topic we covered last week, protests in Budapest, have notably continued this week. But something that might have gone unnoticed amidst everything is what Wojtek, you tweeted as tectonic shifts in Warsaw's domestic political scene. And you specifically refer to the dismissal of Polish EU Minister Konrad Szymanski, uh, who has held the position since 2015, and his new replacement, Szymon Szynkowski, um, is considered to be much more in sync and aligned with the PIS leader Kaczynski's stance on EU affairs. This certainly is interesting. Um, is an interesting development to see uh, the sort of more hardline uh, hardline go-to man for all, all things related to Brussels. Uh, does this point to a certain trajectory for Polish-EU relations going forward, Wojtek? I know you've been following it closely and uh, you better than anyone can tell us about all the unfinished business that is between Warsaw and Brussels. Yes, indeed, there is uh, uh, something going on in the government, inside the United Rights government, which I would describe as tectonic shifts. Um, there is a mm, there is a new chief of staff, and the, the former chief of staff, uh, Mr. Dvorak, has been dismissed long after uh, his emails uh, from the private mailbox that contained uh, government information and uh, an exchange related to the both the party strategy but also the government strategy have been leaked through uh, through sources that are allegedly coming from uh, Russian or Belarusian services, as some analysts point out. But uh, for more than for more than a year, that uh, that was not um, hurting uh, his position. And only very recently he has been dismissed. He was the right hand of Prime Minister Matos Morawiecki, uh, also extremely uh, agile and and hardworking. That cannot be denied, despite an obvious uh, lack of of secrecy uh, or lack of uh, of being uh, not being careful enough uh, you know, to use his private email that was a, was was possible to be hacked. Uh, and this man has uh, has been replaced by the former Speaker of the Parliament, who has been earlier dismissed um, by Kaczynski, but he's a He's a Kaczynski loyalist. He's he's the loyalist of the of the core of PIS party, 
uh, unlike Mr. Morawiecki and Mr. Dworczyk, who were rather hired for the job. And Mr. Kuchciński, who is the new chief of staff, uh, apparently has a mission to to conduct a purge uh, among among the and the people that Morawiecki was appointing. Um, one of the uh, one of the uh, you would say victims of the purge has been the minister of EUFS, Mr. Konrad Szymański, who's been in the government since 2015. So even before Mr. Mateusz Morawiecki, he's been the uh, the anchor of the PIS uh, government policy within the EU, extremely skillful, earlier MEP, um, uh, rather moderate in comparison to the the far right government of of uh, of PIS, and he has been the architect of Poland negotiation uh, with the EU. First of all, of the the total annual budget and uh, rule of law conditionality. Eventually, he was. Uh, advising and preparing for um, for the acceptance of the MFF with the rule of law conditionality, and recently has been recommending to accept and uh, and to conduct the reforms that Poland has agreed, along with over a hundred different milestones that uh, that we now know are not being fulfilled. These milestones. Uh, the government has accepted as part of the uh, of the uh, agreement with the Commission on how to distribute the recover resilience funds uh, are not being met. Uh, one of the uh, most contagious uh, issues inside the party was that the Prime Minister office, uh, his Chancellery, and his EU Affairs Minister apparently were not uh, informing all the ministers. Of of the content of what sort of of what they need to uh, agree to uh, in order to get the money beyond the conditionality on the rule of law. Uh, that, uh, for for instance, uh, the, the one of the items that the press has been reporting in Poland that uh, could have been infuriating <laughs> element of 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 who could have infuriated the the leadership of PIS was that. The parliament, uh, which became uh, totally dominated as a voting machine and rather than the parliamentary process uh, instrument of democratic politics, um, uh, was obliged to be uh, to be installing a monitoring committee uh, composed of independent uh, civil society organizations that would check how the money is being distributed. Um, and among many other um, such uh, nuances, uh, the the party has been growing apart. Uh, f- move inside, there were frictions and tensions, not only between Minister uh, Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki, but also and and Mr. Jobro, who is the who is the main uh, protagonist here in this story of opposition to the rule of law and as i wrote earlier in in september he's the main uh, man who says he's the main opponent of mr kaczynski he hopes to be um uh, prevailing in the government but um uh, uh but in order to prevail he needs to oppose uh, 
the the rule of law conditionality and even at the expense of 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 the costs uh, for the Pol- for the Polish economy and for the Polish budget uh, with no EU money uh, as a, as a consequence and we learned that is that is really serious because the commission is not only blocking now recovery resilience funds but as financial times has just reported it is also blocking the um the cohesion funds which is much more serious and it's like tenfolds uh, bigger amount of of uh, of funds uh of of tens of billions of euro being blocked for Poland because uh, the government is not fulfilling the, the conditionality criteria in the political sense these tensions uh, that that were set up and uh, and whose architect, architect is among others Mr Jobro so these these tensions within the government uh, are also exploited by uh, other adversaries of Mr Morawiecki those who would like to to see themselves replace Mr Morawiecki uh, being appointed and benefiting along with their immediate um, uh, staffers and and uh, individual loyalists uh, in a quasi feudal uh, setup of the party um uh, by by being appointed to the prime minister office and uh, and getting the spoils of war uh, and there are many spoils of war uh, in uh, the government uh, or the party can consider uh, when when getting to the top position because the prime minister office, office decides uh, upon uh, many of the appointments within the public companies um and these are quite lucrative positions that enable not only to fund uh, top uh, ceo positions but also to employ additional people to, uh, to 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 these companies and pis government has been known to be very keen on employing uh, wives and uncles and uh, uh, extended family members um, and not only immediate uh, staff around around uh, key political figureheads of the party in those public companies and there are more uh, and there there is now more appetite for changes in these companies also after the uh the one of the biggest companies in Poland uh, copper producing uh, KGHM KGHM company uh, CEO has been dismissed also one of the key uh, people around uh, Mr Morawiecki and, and more of that purges are being expected more people are uh, being fired i'm quite sure that we don't currently uh, monitor all of them but um, but that overall means that mr morawiecki is being deprived of his influence within the government uh, let alone uh, the situation i mean just not only continues but deteriorates the situation in which the prime minister was not being listened to or was unable to coordinate with with the other ministers uh, who as constitutionally appointed in the Polish system of power do not necessarily need to listen and do not depend uh, directly on the prime minister but um, but they would rather listen and would rather uh, seek the decisions of the collective of the party especially the party leader Mr Kaczynski and uh, i assume Wojtek uh... I don't want to rush ahead of course but the prospects of uh, Poland getting uh, EU money appears to be more grim with each passing day. 
it seems that this situation is going to, um, with these tensions continuing and reshuffling, even potentially replacement of the Prime Minister, are going to dominate the scene of Polish uh, politics until the elections in uh, expected in 2023, in a, around October. Um, but until that time, as I wrote, uh, there is very little chance that Poland would meet any of the criteria that will allow the European Union to release of the of the funds from the both the recovery resilience uh, or the European Union uh, main budget, multi-annual financial budget, and that's that's not only a great loss, loss that that is endangering um, part of the of the whole recovery and the promise of, of the EU. Um, uh, bounce back in terms of of the economy. Poland is not the biggest economy, but it's certainly one of uh, of the importance and and any troubles that uh, that are uh, taking place in Poland um, will be will be uh, felt uh, and uh, across across Central Eastern Europe. Indeed, and these purges have uh, deep political consequences, but also political underpinnings that's uh, that's causing all these to happen. Uh, for now, I'll use the euphemism reshuffle, and uh, we've seen a reshuffle also in uh, the central bank governance. This comes at a particular time where the monetary policies of the central bank are of crucial importance, not just uh, here in Poland, but all over the world. So what is exactly happening? Let's say generally that the tensions around the economic situation in Poland are are growing uh, exponentially, uh, just like the inflation rate uh, is growing and now is record high, seventeen uh, percent. Um, that hasn't been happening for nearly thirty years, and and the central bank is not taking decisions uh, that would immediately stop it. Uh, while uh, having new members of the council, uh, monetary policy council, that uh, that by now also openly criticize uh, the fact that they are deprived uh, of the key information, key research from within the central bank, uh, that would enable them to consciously and, and professionally take take part in the uh, in the votings, in the decisions of the council. Um, that indicates how much indeed centralized the central bank decision making around the the governor, uh, Mr. Glapinski, who has been recently also threatening the uh, members of the of the Monetary Council with legal action. With unspecified members have been threatened, uh, while at least two have been openly. Uh, critical of the um, of the lack or inactivity of, of the central bank vis-à-vis uh, -vis the inflation and and pointing out to uh, to probably uh, missing data or or uh, inaccurate data that the bank um, has been releasing to the public uh, also withholding information key information from from uh, from the business. Speaking of business, there has also been a demonstration of a harder line and crackdown against Polish businesses by state authorities. And Wojtek, I think you know what I'm talking about here, so please tell us what's been happening there as well. We had also an arrest of Maciej Witucki. Uh, he's been the chairman of 
of Leviathan uh, Business Association, part of Business Europe Association. And in the week that the association runs an annual European uh, Forum of New Ideas, a gathering of business uh, C-level representatives and, and politicians and think tankers from ac across the Europe, not just Poland, um, he was essentially detained a few hours, uh, taken from a meeting to um, uh, to to an arrest in undisclosed location where he spent over 24 hours before he's been released, um, along with other former business partners on alleged uh, uh, corruption uh, or fraud uh, charges, which the court that heard uh, the, the, about the arrest and, and decided about the arrest dismissed as improbable or um, or unsubstantiated uh, from the point of view of the material that was presented by the uh, by the authorities. So Maciewiczewski has been released, but uh, it was a clear in the way uh, he was detained uh, while the case has been open and he has been investigated for several years without any charges being pressed earlier, was a clear demonstration in the same, in the very same week that the government will go hard if necessary against the key uh, um, representatives of the business in, in Poland. And uh, it, 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 it only could have meant um, uh, a, a sign and a symbol of of the trouble that may await to anyone who who might want to keep uh, open channels on the one side with the government, as Mr. Vituski has had with with Prime Minister Morawiecki, and at the same time being critical of some of the policies, simply voicing the interests of the uh, that he represents as a as a, a business community leader. So uh, that situation has been uh, picked up by not only the, the, the media, just like the central bank situation has not been picked up only by the local media. It has been um, uh, very much uh, observed and, and, and noted by all business associations in Poland, which pro which protested. And and uh, and the news went uh, much broad, much uh, wider of of this situation, which altogether uh, imperils again uh, a Polish um, uh, investment and investors' appetite for uh, engaging in in this critical time for Poland and and Europe in um, in doing business in Poland and from Poland. So that is very worrying, and that. Place over the uh, multiple set of of, of crises and situations, in, in which the government doesn't show uh, the way out of of the problems. I mean, it, it is being stuck, and it is also importantly so far uh, not demonstrating uh, ability and will to uh, uh, to prepare for what many are talking about already, which is the, the future recovery of, of, uh, of Ukraine uh, involving uh, European and Central European and predominantly also Polish um, business uh, in, in this process. With Polish government behaving that way radically and also uh, centralizing and, and, and dominating uh, kind of the perspective with the dominating perspective of 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 the vision of this of the spoils of the party war or the electoral uh, process uh, rather than thinking about predictability and and building up positive investment climate um, there there is trouble uh, there is trouble ahead 
uh, not just for the Polish politics, but also for the uh, Polish economy. No matter that the government is going to throw again uh, lots of money on the energy sector, especially the purchases of um, uh, of coal, um, that by now is going to be um, prepared and um, by in cooperation by the government and the local government, uh, in a way sharing responsibility for government's lack of preparedness uh, for the upcoming winter. Uh, the, 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 these little signs that some things can be fixed are coming uh, too late and are too little uh, to mean a difference for the overall political and economic situation. To further unpack the developments in Poland, uh, we have a special guest in the studio today, Krzysztof uh, Izdebski, uh, who is a Martin Kroll Fellow uh, with us here at Visegrad Insights. And Krzysztof, uh, I will start with a very straightforward question. Uh, do you believe that Poland, the current Polish government, will receive any EU money before the elections, the 2023 elections? Uh, when it comes to the recovery uh, plan money, uh, I don't believe it's going to happen because uh, this is connected with uh, fulfilling the promises. Uh, in other words, with uh, actually engaging with activities that we promised uh, and, uh, and the Polish government uh, set it together uh, with the European Commission as a milestone. Uh, so far, uh, we haven't uh, actually uh, made a progress in any of the milestones uh, that uh, we agreed. And I think this is also important to uh, to say because um, there is a, a narrative built by the Polish government. It is a fault of the European Commission. They, uh, the, the government uh, pretends that they have uh, no influence on the milestones, which is not true because uh, this is what the Polish government has proposed and agreed uh, to. Uh, but it's a perfectly uh, good narrative uh, in terms of uh, the parliamentary elections uh, to blame any external um, bodies, including the EU, uh, because uh, this is what uh, will mobilize the hardcore electorate uh, for uh, the coming elections in 2003. So I would say the internal market is much more important for the law and justice government right now with actually getting this money. Um, and the problem is it's not only about money, of course, it's about making really important reforms and uh, and um, uh, you know uh, try to uh, coordinate the uh, overall progress and development that is going on in the EU uh, Poland apart from Hungary now it's uh, only uh, two countries that are not part of the recovery uh, um, uh, recovery plans uh, activities and I, I think this is uh, this is a shame and, and this is the, the the problem for the Polish citizens in the future because we will have a two-speed Europe uh, one that it's developing fast or faster uh, with the recovery money and other EU funds and uh, Poland uh, that prefers to work or not the Poland but the political party which is uh, which is in the government uh, that prefers to play uh, on uh, hardcore voters rather than the progress which can be done in Poland. Uh, so it seems that the communication strategy and uh, general assumptions from PAS seem to be uh, pretty clear as you have explained. Uh, but from a more longer-term perspective, should PIS win uh, elections again, are they expecting to be strapped of EU cash 
Or is there an understanding that sooner or later, without adhering to the rule of law conditionalities, the money will come and be secured? There is a hope in the law and justice government that the money will come in some time. And the hope is connected with uh, some elections which is have had uh, in Europe. So Italy, for example, as you know, a Meloni government, I mean, still to uh, be set up, but uh, it looks like uh, this, this will be uh, the direction of Sweden. And uh, they're counting on more uh, allies in the European Union. I think this is uh, even more crucial than 2023. So the Polish parliamentary elections will be EU elections because uh, it can uh, influence something. And the same thing as the Polish government played on Donald Trump card during the elections in um, uh, uh, 2020. Uh, now they're counting on the elections in 2024. So, uh, you know, what will be the result of the Polish elections? Actually, I can't uh, really um, say before this winter. This winter may change a lot of things. How even the hardcore electorate look at the law and justice government because of energy crisis, because of you know everything is, which is also connected not only in the economical uh, situation, but also in terms of the war uh, going on in Ukraine. So uh, I would say we will see. Uh, but from what we see now is that law and justice plays for the 2024 EU elections to have more allies in the parliament, allies in the commission, and eventually get these funds. Okay, that is a very important point, and it may very well be that 2024 can prove to be a much more strategically important year than 2023. After all, it's just a six months margin post-elections. You can also say that uh, we can expect the PAS to put uh, it all, all its eggs in one basket in terms of the political strategy. And, uh, you know, Christoph, given all that and assuming that the government is repulsed by any real prospect of reform, uh, what are your recommendations to somehow improve the legislative checks and balances in Poland? Okay, so um, I, I just have to make this disclaimer. This, this will be a naive uh, thing that I have to recommend uh, because I think the situation uh, before the elections, especially, uh, it, it's not based on any rationalism or, or based on uh, the thinking what really uh, would uh, support the progress and development in Poland in these uh, really difficult times. Uh, but basically, my first recommendation, it would be to fill the milestones and not only the milestones that we're talking about, the disciplinary uh, chamber of the Supreme Court. So the rule of law issues, uh, the improvement of the legislative process and, and decision making in, in, in general, uh, but also all these milestones uh, that follows the uh, agreement on the recovery plan uh, in terms of uh, more renewable energy, digitization, and um, uh, also uh, education, improving the education in Poland. Uh, but these are very naive things. I mean, this is something that I, you know, would appeal to the government to make. But at the same time, I'm totally conscious uh, that they're not rationalizing uh, the strategy for imp making improvements in the Polish economy, education, uh, and uh, public life in, in general. So another naive recommendation I can make is just not to think uh, in the terms of the political campaign and earn forces, uh, but uh, try to leave something uh, behind in the terms of the Poland, which is um, 
more uh, acting or more uh, present in the European uh, Union discussions in this spirit of solidarity and uh, common support rather than using Poland as a battlefield for the private interest of the ruling party. Naive, but uh, but good recommendations nonetheless. Um, uh, if we were to speak more pragmatically, Christoph, um, what can, say, the opposition-held Senate do in this situation? Or for that matter, um, what are the pressure points for the opposition and civil society in general? And let us not forget the institutions in Brussels. Uh, what can be done? Yeah, so when it comes to the opposition, my big advice uh, would be to understand that you haven't already won the elections <laughs> and uh, there is still a fight to go, right? I mean, this is my impression sometimes is that the opposition is, is really sure that, you know, they will get a power, uh, which is, again, a bit naive uh, to, uh, I'm not um, super um, jealous about it in these terms that uh, to take over the government in the next year, it's a really hard thing. Because, again, whatever will happen during the winter, uh, there's hard times um, uh, uh, in front of us. Uh, so, basically, more pragmatism in uh, the political campaign, also in trying to really construct an, an idea, but also a set of very concrete projects, what to do in the first month of taking over the power. But first of all, believing that there is still fight to uh, to be done, a fight to win the elections. It's not. I'm I'm really convinced that this is not settled. Whatever the public opinions are saying, the situation will be different, and the opposition has to be uh, has to done more. Uh, when it comes to the EU, I would say uh, to the European Commission, you really have nothing to lose. I mean, to triggering the Article Seven, to talk about the rule of law uh, issues, to um, have uh, the uh, more hardcore um, uh, stand in this, uh, uh, in this, uh, not even negotiations, but let's say discussions with, hun- with countries like Hungary and Poland, uh, it's, it's, it's too late also to be naive. I mean, the EU uh, have a year to really try to influence uh, the situation in Poland and, and Hungary. And, and I know still it's a very pragmatic recommendation from my side, but I'm not sure whether the EU, with the internal tensions as well and with upcoming elections, uh, they would follow it. Uh, so I think, unfortunately, the Commission lost this couple of years uh, now uh, to make a more concrete actions and it didn't help a lot and, and, and still the situation in the rule of law and democracy uh, in, in the European Union is even worse than uh, before 2015. Uh, so uh, you, you also have to see that uh, being uh, very delicate in these terms uh, doesn't pay off. Well.